Well, as you heard Haley Ann so perfectly state, we are having that change in uh, where we're having Exalt tonight. It's going to be right here at 5 o'clock. Um, and, and I thought it was really great what Ben and Libby's neighbor said. We're, we're really anxious. This is the second time we've planned something on their mountain, and it, it just because of the weather, it, it had to be uh, switched. Um, one of the neighbors said, we have been badly in need of rain. And so the mountain got it last night and early this morning. And you could say, you know, our exalt, exalt service is not going to be held there. But is God being exalted on that mountain with this terrific rain? Absolutely. He will be exalted. He will be. There's nothing, anything man can do to thwart that. He will be exalted. Well, let me issue a very, very special welcome to all of you online and in person. Let's get right into it. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek, some people think the meek won't inherit anything. <laughs> and Jesus says, they'll inherit the earth, meek. George Barna did a research to find out the 30 top characteristics of, of, of the I guess you would say the 30 characteristics that best describe a Christian from Scripture. And after they identified those 30 characteristics, Barna went and asked people who claimed to be Christians to prioritize that list of 30. Guess what came in last? Meek. Number 30. I don't need a show of hands, so don't raise your hand because this might embarrass you later on in the sermon, but have any of us ever prayed for meekness? Have you ever listed that on your resume as a quality to describe you? Do you know why most of us never pray for it or have it on our job applications? I think part of the reason is because of the way our culture understands Meek. You look it up in thesaurus.com, and these are some of the words that you will find describing meek. Look at the screen. Docile, soft, tender, timid, subdued, mild, spineless, <laughs> lowly, submissive, manageable, passive, unassuming, weak, plain, wishy-washy, yielding, weak-kneed, Maybe one reason we don't pray for it is because we don't know what it means. In the New Testament, there are four different ideas where this word is used. In the Greek culture, meekness was considered a virtue balanced between too much and too little anger. Hold on to that. We're going to come back to it in just a second. The meek person was neither timid nor given to fits of uncontrolled rage. The second, Greek physicians used the word to describe effective medicine. If too little was given, it wouldn't work, but if too much was given, it could cause harm instead of heal. But if just the right amount was used and it worked, it was considered the meek amount. Interesting. Number three, meek was also used to describe the wind. If it was stale and there was nothing at all, that's one extreme. If it was a hurricane gale, that was the other. But if it, if it was this soft, soothing wind, it was considered to be meek. And the fourth is the most popular 
version of this word or definition of this word in biblical times, and it was a reference to the wild stallion that had been broken or tamed. Still very powerful, but under the control of a bridle, under the control of a master, meek. So to the Greeks, meekness represented different forms of power that could be used for good. Meekness is power harnessed for good. Here's a biblical definition that you can sink your teeth into. Look at the screens. Power and strength that is under the control of God to benefit others for his glory. Now, now that, that's something we could pray for. Okay, the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, said this about meekness. A man's meekness is manifested in his dealings with other people. The first two beatitudes are something that happen inside of a person, and this third one is something expressed outside of a person. Jesus isn't making these random, unrelated statements one after the other. No, he's, he's giving us a sequence that they can actually build on top of one another in this infamous Sermon on the Mount. Being poor in spirit is to be aware of my sin. Being mournful over my sin is to admit my sorrow in my condition. Being meek is to willingly put myself under the control of the only one who can do anything about my sin. So being poor or mournful in spirit focuses on my sin. Being meek in spirit focuses on a holy God whose kingdom and comfort He's just ready to pour out. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, that, that's something we can pray for. Now, of course, you already know the person who wears meekness better than anyone else. Jesus himself said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. Now, wait a minute. Wasn't Jesus the one who on at least two occasions, one time making a whip, another time perhaps just taking one and driving those who were exploiting the money changers, not exploiting the money changers, the money changers who were exploiting the rest of the people, drove them out of the temple courts area? Yeah, see, we're, we're back to that perfect man of balance. Was what Jesus did in driving those people out, would that be defined as weakness? Yes by the New Testament standards and definition. Look how William Barclay translated this verse. Look at the screen. Blessed is the person who is always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. Jesus is teaching us how to be meek. It's not ridding ourselves of all anger. It's expressing anger only at the appropriate time under God's control. Hugh Martin Weakness is yielding to our nature. Did I say weakness? I meant to say weakness. Weakness is yielding to our nature. Meekness is mastery over it. Jesus is showing us the way to meekness where God in us makes us no longer slaves to sin, but masters over it. You gotta Look at this text in the Roman epistle. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? 
But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you've come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. To be meek is not to be weak. It's instead to no longer be a slave to sin. In my meekness, my surrender to God's control, he sets me free from sin as my master. Now, that's something we can pray for. So, what does this quality of meekness mean in practical application? Well, how would a meek person treat someone who serves them? Like a waiter or a waitress at a restaurant or a store clerk. I know those are the people who used to, you give you go, you know do your you, before you did it, <laughs> or a bank teller, or a fast food cashier, or a DMV worker. You make your list. How does a meek person treat those who serve us? Well, are we are we rude and demanding? I actually went to a restaurant one time where the guy that I was with told, his, told the waitress that was serving us as she gave us our drinks, he said to her, let me give you a tip. I don't tip. I remember thinking, oh, I wish I wasn't with this guy right now. Are we indifferent or personal to people who are earning their living by serving us? Are we mindful of the day that they might be having? To be meek is to treat people better than they deserve to be treated. How would a meek person treat someone caught in sin? Would they try to help them? More importantly, would they try to help them gently? Are we judgmental and harsh? What about if it's an area of sin that we don't particularly struggle in? Would this attitude of superiority come over us? Or would we have this air that says, oh, how could you? Is loving them through it more important than the timing of their repentance? Do we want them restored because we love them? Or do we love them because they were restored? As soon as you get restored, you've got me. I'm going to greet you with open arms. Is that meekness? How would a person treat someone who... A meek person treats someone who disagrees with them. You know, I'm talking about people who always disagree and argue. People who always contradict you. You know, you know don't tell me who they are. You, you, we all have them. How would a meek person treat that kind of person? Do we throw up our hands and say, oh, you're always right. Okay, you're right. You're right. Do it your way. Is peace at any price the goal of a meek person? You know, peace at any price comes with some hidden costs, doesn't it? Isn't that one way resentment can kind of get its foot in the door of our heart? So if someone disagrees, does arguing and fighting back become our first response? Is that meekness? Is meekness somewhere in the middle between fighting back and standing our own ground? Can I hold on to what I think is right and allow for other people, allow room for other people and respect them in their opinion? Meekness requires being tender without surrendering our convictions. 
Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Y'all, gentle, gentleness is magical when there's a disagreement. It's crazy how quickly it can diffuse a situation. Meekness is the ability to disagree agreeably. We can walk hand in hand even when we don't see eye to eye. What about when someone hurts you? How does a meek person respond to someone who hurts them? Again, look at Jesus. While being reviled and insulted, he did not revile or insult in return. While suffering, he made no threats of vengeance, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges fairly. Jesus had his strength under the control of his father's will. When Jesus was arrested in the garden where Stuart took us this morning, right before we broke bread together, when he was arrested in the garden, when he was falsely accused in court, when he was questioned before Pilate, when he was scourged, when he was mocked, during all of that, you remember one of the things that he said? He said, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Do you know how many angels that is? 72,000. Do you know how many angels completely destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, those two cities? Two. Now you tell me, what do you think is a greater display of strength? The Jewish leaders and the Romans who took Jesus and treated him poorly and finally crucified him, or someone who at the, at the whisper of a command can speak and 72,000 angels are poised to come to rescue. Who, what's a greater display of strength? Holding that back when being mistreated or those people who just showed Jesus what was what? <laughs> you guys, real strength is found in meekness. So when someone hurts me, does meekness plan a payback? Does meekness retaliate or forgive? How would a meek person treat someone who doesn't share their beliefs? Oh boy, here we go, guys. What about a person that doesn't share our beliefs? And you name the category. Religiously, politically, Wherever you are, how does a meek person treat them? Respectfully or disrespectfully? With understanding or with condescension? Isn't there a difference between acceptance and approval? Can meekness accept a person's worth without approving of everything that they do and think? Isn't there a place in all of our lives that we might Pray for that kind of meekness? Oh, side note here. I wasn't going to share this because it's so self-indicting, but, you know, if, it, if it's something that hits me, maybe it hits some of the rest of you. <laughs> Can't believe I'm going to share this. Dr. Tillman and Dr. Hobbs of Canada, in analysis of highway accidents, have shown that the proud and aggressive drivers are the killers. High accident rate of rate high accident rate people have one thing in common. 
the lack of reasonable restraining meekness. This is the report. They consider no one else but themselves and demand their rights at any cost. They cannot take an insult like being passed without a fight. They demand to get even and allow their passions to take over. Just throw that out there. We need some more meek drivers on the road. Well, I came across six questions to ask and answer to find out if you're meek. You, you, you want to look at them or should we just skip this part? All right, here's number one. Do you exhibit self-control with your anger? Number two, do you get angry, react, and retaliate only when God is dishonored? Number three, do you always respond humbly and obediently to the word? Number four, do you always make peace? Number five, do you receive criticism well and love the people who give it? And number six, do you give instruction with meekness? Something to ponder. Corey Tinboom, you know, one of our heroes. If you don't know her, she was one of the survivors of the Holocaust, a Jewish lady. Her sister didn't make it. Corey did. They asked her one time if it was difficult for her to be humble, to be meek. Oh, you guys, you've got to see this answer. I don't think I put it on the board, uh, on the screen. I, let me read it to you. Corey Timboom, do you, do you find it difficult to be meek? Her answer. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday on the back of a donkey and everyone was waving palm branches and throwing garments on the road and singing praises, do you think for one moment it ever entered into the head of that donkey that any of that was for him? If I can be the donkey on which Jesus rides in his glory, then I can give him all the praise and honor due him. Man. There are only two people in all of Scripture that were described as meek. Did you know this? Two people. One, Moses. The other, Jesus. The only two. Meek Moses led the greatest slave revolt in all of history. Meek Jesus leads the greatest human character transformation of all time. This quality, we need to add it to our prayer list. Lord, make me meek. Lord, make me meek. Father, boy, just confess, I, you know, I'll tell you before this week, I've, I don't think I've ever asked for meekness. But I got in a few requests for it this week before I stood up here preaching. I do think part of it is a misunderstanding. I think part of it, Father, is that we are, we are people who like to think we can control things. And that is just not this quality. You are sovereign. You are the one in control. Not just in our words, but in our thoughts and our actions. Make us meek for the benefit of others and for your glory.
In Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's continue that prayer with this song. Everybody stand up.